happened to your career just recently turned seven years old. And at the same time, it's also been four years since I made happened to your career in my full-time position. When you do this for full-time living, even if you don't, and you had the opportunity to help thousands of people over a relatively short number of years, you get the opportunity to learn a few things. <laughs> and I wanted to share some of those biggest learnings that I've experienced in being able to help so many people in different situations from different professional backgrounds in different parts of the world as it relates to making a career change or making any kind of big life change in general. So that's exactly what we're going to do today. This is the Happen to Your Career podcast with Scott Anthony Barlow. We help you stop doing work that doesn't fit you, figure out what does, and make it happen. We help you define the work that's unapologetically you, and then go get it. If you're ready to make a change, keep listening. Here's Scott. Here's Scott. Here's Scott. As we end 2019, I've been reflecting Partially because I am a really reflective person naturally, but partially because I have a tendency to do this every single year at this time. And one of the things I've observed is that I'm so incredibly thankful, so incredibly thankful that we have amazing listeners like you that allow us to be able to continue to do this day after day, year after year. And we just recently, it happened to your career, our company turned seven years old. And seven years, for me personally, that starts to sound like a long time. It it sounds substantial, and it's only felt like a few years, quite frankly, and it's flown by. And in fact, I've been doing this full time for four years now, since I left my job working in HR leadership and shifted to being able to focus 100% of my time and energy as it relates to work on this challenge of helping people just like you find career happiness and find their own personal path to career happiness. And I wanted to share with you some of the biggest learnings that I've had from the last seven years and even beyond that in getting the opportunity and the pleasure of helping at this point, literally thousands of people be able to make these type of changes in one way or another. And these learnings span across not just one particular type of occupation, not just one particular type of area on the earth, but we've had the pleasure of working with people globally and in many, many different occupations. In fact, at this point, if you have heard of it or you can think of it, we've probably been able to interact closely with someone in that occupation and be able to help them make some kind of small or large change in their life, especially as it relates to their career, which blows my mind, blows my mind that uh, that we've had that opportunity. And again, I just want to say thank you before I share any of these learnings, because really it it truly is from listeners just like you that show up every single week and be able to listen and apply. That's part of what allows us to be able to do what we do. 
inevitably we end up working with a percentage of our listeners and getting to help them at a deeper level. And that's really what finances the type of change and the type of impact that we get to make in the world well at the same time as we get to help people at a very deep level. So that's a ton of fun. And I just really wanted to say thank you for allowing us to show up day after day as a team and be able to make this type of impact in the world. It helps us not just help individuals, but it helps us change the landscape of what work looks like in the future. And because of it, we've got the opportunity to work with more and more larger organizations and have more and more influence into how work gets done. So we're going to continue down that road and continue to help people just like you reach their own personal version of career happiness and meaningful work. However, like I said, I wanted to share a few of these learnings. There's four learnings in particular that I see happen again and again. And I want to go through and just talk through what each one is, what it looks like, and how it can be useful to you. Learning number one from the last seven years, it always, always, anytime you're making a change that is significant to you, that you care about, that is something that is meaningful and whether it's making a career change, like you've heard you know, different stories like you know Karen Singer recently on the on the podcast where she made a change from one type of occupation to another, completely different. actually ended up switching places with her her boss and completely did not anticipate that into working with a nonprofit and getting the opportunity to work at a, at a director level for a cause that she really cares about. And whether it's that or even making a, a smaller change just from one organization that doesn't really fit what you want and what you need into an organization that truly does align and allows, to be, allows you to be more of who you actually are in your day-to-day work. Whatever, whatever it is for you, the one thing that I've learned there is If it is a change that you care about, it always happens slower than you think it does. Okay, so (laughs) that may or may not sound obvious, but here's the reason I'm bringing it up. In getting to work with so many many folks, so many people that are making what some people would consider to be impossible changes, well, it it's something that when you're actually there in the moment, because you care about it, because it is meaningful to you, because you start to realize the impact that it's going to make on your life. Well, for most people, what happens is they initially are excited about the change. They're initially excited about the prospect of of digging in, doing something about it. And then they reach a point that Internally, we call the dip. Also, this this comes from a term that Seth Godin popularized and even wrote a book about the dip. And the dip is that point in time where it really starts to get hard and you really start to question about, is this what I wanted? Is this what is right for me? Is this something that I should keep going down the path and doing? Every single person that you've heard on the podcast Every single person has gone through the dip. Many people have even gone through the dip multiple times over. And that's something that is really difficult to be able to share 
when you get a snapshot of them after they've made a big career change or after, even years after they have <laughs> made many, many changes because we've brought people back on with our where are they now type episodes and showcase not just the initial change, but the transformation that continues to happen in their lives over time once you begin to take control and live life much more intentionally in a way that leverages your strengths and continuously pursues what you want and what's most important to you. But what we've learned is that especially as you get into that place where you're experiencing the dip because everybody's done it, that's the period of time where things begin to happen slower than you think it does. Also, you may have observed this. You may have heard this in some of the past episodes. However, one thing that also many of these people have said on the podcast, off the podcast, to their coach, in in passing conversations is that, you know what, even though it was hard, even though experienced times where it was way harder and I wasn't even sure it was going to be possible for me, it was worth it. It was worth it. It was worth it. To have it happen slower than I thought it was going to. It was worth it to be able to make this type of change. It was worth it to be able to learn how these types of large changes are made so that I can do it again and again throughout my life. So that's something that isn't always obvious. It isn't always obvious, you know, when you're listening to the podcast and when you're hearing these stories, story after story, a lot of times it really does happen slower than what you think it's going to. We've got so many people that come to us and are like, I want to make a change in 30 days, 45 days max, 60 days, you know, I can I can probably deal with it then, but uh, you know, I don't I, anything longer than that, it's probably not going to be good. And what we have to tell them is, look, you know what? It's probably going to happen slower than what you want. That doesn't mean it's not a journey worth pursuing. Okay, so that's that's thing number one. It always happens slower than you think it does, especially if you have any kind of high performer, high achiever type mentality or come from that type of background. You've got expectations around both time and results and how they work together. And for almost everyone, they they feel like it goes slower than they want it to. So just know that, that that's actually normal. It's a normal human tendency going into this type of change. It does not mean it's not worth it to start moving down this road for something that you want to be able to live life in a different way, life and work in a different way than what you have in the past. Okay. Thing number two, along the same lines, and actually mentions a piece of it that's really important here. This is something that many people have experienced, but we've seen it again and again with those, where are they now type episodes. And if if you haven't heard some of those in the past or haven't realized what they were, when I say the, where are they now episodes, we have brought on people where we have had them on the podcast before. And then we've brought them back in some cases, a year, two years, three years later, and shown where are they now? Literally, where are they now? What are they doing now? How has their life changed in ways that they didn't anticipate? What did going through that initial work, often initial difficult work of defining what they want and learning how to live intentionally, what has that done for them? And what's happened again and again is the way it shows up in their life is unexpected. 
because I think so many people come to us initially because they've got this problem, they've got this challenge, they've got a role that maybe is even a good role, but isn't really what they want moving forward. And you might be in that place too. And maybe that's why you showed up here, happened to your career and started listening to the podcast and everything else in between. And that's why we initially connect with people. However, when you fast forward years in the future, after you've learned how to live much more intentionally, which there's a number of steps that go into that. First of all, you have to understand pieces like your strengths in being able to being able to understand how those relate to the real world and how you're leveraging them and how you can continue to grow and develop them in ways that are good for you, plus good for other people in the world or organizations and how you can impact that. But beyond that, it's the larger theme of learning how to live much more intentionally, which means that you have to not just to be able to declare what you want, but to declare what you want most and what is most important to you. And that's a case of learning to prioritize much, much differently. Often what's buried under living intentionally is being able to become skilled and practiced at saying no to all of the things that aren't the most important. And that sounds more like time and you know time and priority management or leadership skills or, or things like that. And yeah, a little bit. But really, learning to live intentionally is created from that basis and foundation of understanding what you want, being able to declare what you want, and being able to have the courage to take action on what you want the very most and say no to those other things or allow it to be left behind. Tanya is a great example of that because Tanya. When we initially helped her, she got what she would have identified as her dream job. This is where she was working for an organization called Wanderlust that many people might have heard of, and she was getting to coordinate events for them, which is something that she loved to do. So an organization and a cause and the type of work all lined up very well for what she wanted to do. However, over a relatively short period of time, over the course of that next year, it turned from an amazing situation into a not so great situation. And once she had that happen, she was able to then make another change, another change into a different, completely different organization in a way that she could not have imagined would have been really, really great for her. So now Tanya gets to, gets to spend every day in a completely different situation that she wouldn't have imagined would be wonderful for her because she knows and understands what she wants, because she's been able to declare what she wants, because she's already become much more practiced for living intentionally. This allowed her to recognize when this opportunity was popping up and when it was available. In the past, she would have passed this completely by because it happened to be in an industry that she believed would not be a good fit for her. Okay, so this is this is lesson number two. It's worth it to learn how to live intentionally. It's worth it because it impacts the entire rest of your life. It's something that I wish we taught in schools, but quite frankly, I've come to the conclusion that even if we taught it in schools, then 
people still to some degree have to go through and make some of their own mistakes and their own journey themselves in order to be able to look, take control and live intentionally, live much more intentionally on their own. So even if we we forced it into some kind of curriculum in schools as people are growing up in elementary and high school and maybe even college, that would have some impact. But it really only is fully effective when people are grabbing a hold of this idea and owning it and claiming it for themselves and taking control in how they are learning to live intentionally in a way that works for them. So even as much as I would love to see those types of curriculums in place, I want to share with you that what I've seen over and over again, not just what I've personally experienced for myself and how my life has changed in completely ways that I could not imagine I, if you would have asked me 15 years ago. However, I've seen this again and again, time over time after time, and you've heard the, many of those stories, some of those stories on the podcast right here, but it is absolutely worth it to be able to learn how to live intentionally. Okay, so here's something that you don't know. If you start to look at the the science behind how you spend your time, let me see if I can explain this in a way that is useful to you. The time that you spend not just living more intentionally, but learning to live more intentionally when it's attributed to that end goal actually still feels just as good and sometimes uh, better as the time spent doing the thing. So here's what I mean by that. Let's say that your goal is to find a career that really fits you and you you make that change and you now get to do that every single day. Well, the act of doing it itself and being able to be in that new career and you know spend more time working in your strengths, actually, there is just as much joy as the time spent working on that change itself, which sounds crazy, I know. However, it goes back to some of the basic human psychology that when we see a path and we see a purpose for a different type of activity, it creates much more meaning and a different experience and a different set of feelings along with it. So if you are actively pursuing being able to make the change to live more intentionally, that feels just as good as living more intentionally. Okay, here's lesson number three. This one is one of the most simple lessons. You may have heard me say this once or twice on the podcast someplace else, but it's also one of the biggest lessons that is many times underrated, underrated because people may understand the concept. However, they may not be practicing it. Here's what it is. If you know what you want, it's easier to ask for what you want. And when you ask for what you want, it's much more likely to happen. You know, I mentioned Karen Sanger's story just a little bit ago, partially because she was recently on the podcast. However, you know, here's the reality is if she didn't know and understand what she wanted, that opportunity that she took advantage of would have completely passed her by. For me, um, it's, it's really important for me to feel like I'm a resource to people and helping them get from point A to point B. Um, and whether that's, I mean, that could take a lot of shapes. I could be doing a lot of different things and, and helping people in that way. But um, I also have 
this interest in philanthropy and, you know, bettering communities and, and um, charitable giving. And so to be in that realm and, and being able to help people work through their goals of, you know, what they want to do around charitable giving, around their philanthropy work, um, really lines up with, with what I love to do. Um, and, and just being in that advisory role and being seen as someone that is an expert or that is a resource is really important to me. And actually something that I didn't, I didn't really realize or acknowledge until just really recently, like that, that was important to me to be in that role as kind of that expert or resource leader kind of person. I think I downplayed that thinking, oh, like maybe that's too, like I should be more humble or maybe I, I'll, but realizing that, no, that's important and that's okay. Karen did such a great job of doing the hard work up front to declare what it was that she wants. And because she had understood what it was that she wants and needs most in her life and her work, then it became so much easier when the opportunity presented itself to actually ask for what she wanted. It would have been impossible. It literally would have been impossible for her to ask for what she wanted if she doesn't know what she wants, right? Okay. That's really simple logic, but that's what we see over and over again is that when you really think about it, most human beings don't know and understand what they want or what they need most for them, for them to live a much different life, a life where you're flourishing instead of just existing, a life where you are getting the opportunity to live out the way that you want to. Because, well, if you haven't figured out what you want, it's going to be really difficult to identify and ask for what you want, right? So it takes it from literally a 0% chance that you're going to be able to live at that level, if you will, and then takes it and makes it possible to now begin to have that to happen. Typically what we see is that this is a this is a iteration over time when you figure out what you want as it relates to your work, as it relates to different pieces of how you interact with others and relationships, as it relates to your finances, as it relates to the environment that you want to be surrounded by, as it relates to all of these different areas of your life and your career. Once you start breaking that down and once you determine what's most important in each one of these areas, then that allows you to begin to iterate. It allows you to make one type of change that lines much, much better up with each of those areas in individually, what are those pieces that you want? But then that type of stair step allows you to take another step because you not only are closer to what you want, but you get feedback and information about being able to interact with what you felt like you wanted and needed. And then that helps you refine it over and over. This process, this stair step or stacking type process this iterative process continues to happen. It continues to both evolve what you want and get you closer to what you want. And it allows you to build on each progressive step. And that's something that people don't think about as it relates to this. So it's not just about declaring what you want, although that's the first piece of it. When you know what you want, it's easier to ask for what you want. And when you ask for what you want, it's much more likely to happen. But taking action on that 
and making that stair step happen so that the next stair step can happen. Okay, that's lesson number three. Lesson number four, this is one I just underestimated how big of a deal it is. And it's it's something that for myself has evolved in what I want, both as I understand the science behind it, and then as I understand my personal experience just living out my own life. And that is time freedom and strengths freedom makes for happier and much more meaningful lives. Here's what I mean by that. When I'm talking about time freedom, I'm talking about choosing how you get to spend your time. And there's several different sides of that. Choosing how you get to spend your time in terms of having autonomy in your work. That's something that every human being needs in one way, shape, or another. And this is this is a big deal. So much so that it's even linked up to cancer and higher instances of, of cancer. And um, there's loose links to, to heart disease too. It, when you don't have that in your work. And partially that's from the anxiety and additional stress, distress that it that it causes by not having that type of autonomy. So that's part of what we're talking about when we're talking about time freedom, being able to do work in the way that you want to do the work and the way that you see see fit and having control over the how work gets it done. That's what we mean when we say autonomy. But the other side of time freedom is being able to have more and more and ever-increasing ability to choose how you're spending your time and your day, not just as it relates to your work, but other areas of your life too. And what we find is that this directly relates to what I could personally call strengths freedom. And that is that when you have more of the freedom to leverage what you are great at or have the potential to be great at as it relates to your your strengths and strength themes and talents and those those pieces that make up your strengths then that actually allows you to live a different quality of life and and we see that in a lot of different research we see that in um I mean, you can see that in just uh, just going back and listening to different episodes of the podcast too. And I think Josh, who is on our team, is actually such a great example of this too. Josh slowly started transitioning into the work that he wanted to be doing, work that leverages much more of, of his strengths. And also, as a progression, this allowed him to not only spend more of his time working in his strengths, but he has continued to create and evolve a life for himself where he has much more control over his time in general. And most recently, he shifted onto our team full-time. And this is something that has allowed him to spend his time in a different way, which impacts the, the quality of his life. So I had over 15 years experience making corrugated boxes. I got really good at what I did and there was even a period of time when I had enough flexibility to do what I really wanted with my role. But things changed, and then I had almost no freedom to choose what I did or when I did it. And I even was being required to work massive amounts of overtime with even no notice. And it really wasn't working for my life as a whole. Now, I've been working with Scott and happened to your career for several years, 
So I've been able to identify my strengths and what I really wanted. I've been working on slowly building a side business and I finally made the decision to leave my job to pursue my own work, my own business full time. So this move gave me the opportunity to really work in my strengths and I could largely choose when and where I would work. And I've discovered that for real, working with my strengths and my energy levels has really helped me to be able to maximize the work that I do and even help me to be able to improve the quality of the work that I do. And so now I've been able to work with Scott pretty much full time for the last year almost. And it's been an awesome opportunity to be able to really hone in and work on my strengths and to be able to work in my strengths. Now, that doesn't mean that I didn't do anything that was outside of my comfort zone or deadlines that had to be met. And so I had to adjust for that. But largely, I could be able to choose when I did things. And that makes a really big difference so that if I'm tired, I can make sure I can get some rest or take a walk or something like that to be able to get a break. And then I can come back feeling refreshed and be able to get the work done in a much better way. And it worked out so beautifully. So for strengths, freedom and time freedom, those have a tendency to work together. And as you have the time to spend more of your efforts, more of your daily hour to hour uh, time working in areas or interacting even in areas that fit your strengths, it gives you that ability to continue to create a happier and more meaningful life for yourself. Gallup has provided some really great great data about, uh, about this over the years. They have millions and millions of data points to be able to measure this in one way or another. And some of those quick pieces of feedback is just as simple as having one to two more hours a day where you're working in your strengths or have the time freedom to work more in your strengths. That creates people who at any given moment feel happier throughout the day, but also are more productive. And though that's just tapping into the surface. Okay. So these are four huge lessons that I wanted to share with you that I think seem small, but most people don't realize that these are some of the biggest things. These are some of the things that completely change your overall life and have changed the lives of many thousands of people that we've got to work with or several thousands of people that we've got to work with and have an impact on in this particular way. I I wanted you to know. I wanted to be able to share it with you because, well, quite frankly, I'm really thankful for having you as a listener. So whether you celebrate Christmas or you celebrate you know, something else this time of year, I just wanted to say Merry Christmas, Happy Holidays, and thanks so much for listening to the Happen to Your Career Podcast. 